Please turn with me to Job, the book of Job. Today we want to talk about suffering. As I mentioned earlier, all of us have suffered at some point in our lives. Some of you may be suffering today, and maybe you've been suffering for a while. Uh, if, you, if you haven't, and the Lord tarries, you will. It's the nature of this world. Let me read just a few verses in Job and then tell you what the story's all about. Uh, since we won't have time to read uh, several chapters. In Job chapter 1 and verse 6 it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan, the adversary, the accuser, came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? He's a, he's a perfect man. He's a blameless man, the Lord says, and an upright man, one that feareth God, and he hates evil. He shuns evil. Uh, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Well, doth Job fear God for nothing? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And let's pause to pray. And then we'll talk about this story. Father, we thank you for your word. For its truth and its power. And I pray that as we study together, every word spoken is yours and not mine. And that your will is done in each of our lives here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so Job was, by God's testimony, the best man on the earth. He served God. He is faithful in his service. He is faithful in his uh, sacrifice, burnt offerings, uh, faithful in his obedience to the Lord, faithful in his concern uh, for others. Uh, he shunned evil. Uh, he was a good man. God said there was none like him in all the earth. And Satan replied, well, no wonder. No wonder. You've blessed him. You've built a hedge about him. You have protected him. You've blessed him with all these things. He's a great man. He's a wealthy man. And you've just built this hedge around that nothing can happen to him. Well, no wonder he loves you. And God gave Satan permission then to take things from him except his health. And then later, he gave him permission even to touch his health. And so the, the story is then that Satan took these things away from Job. Job lost his wealth, all of his possessions. He lost his family. His children was taken in a storm, in the crash of a house they were in. He lost then his health. And the Bible says that Job, when these things happened, 
fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And then later, his wife told him, Look, Job, you, all this has happened to you. God has allowed this to happen. Why don't you just curse God and die? And Job said, Thou speakest as one of the foolish speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. This morning as we look at suffering, let's acknowledge that there are three kinds of suffering. One is innocent suffering. Just like Job he was a good man. He was the best man. He was faithful to God. We would call him today that he was a saved, faithful man of God who is devout in his service, who is obedient to the Lord, who is doing everything right and a testimony and an example for everyone to follow. And yet, he lost everything. And then it begs the question that we've asked so many times, why do bad things happen to good people? I know you've asked that before. Or I know you've thought that before. Especially as we look at other people and all that. We say, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to saved people? Why do bad things happen to saved, faithful, obedient people? And so there is innocent suffering. Then there is inflicted suffering. By that I mean someone has inflicted pain upon you. Uh, maybe it's by someone. Maybe it's by something. Maybe it's by disease. Maybe it's a broken heart. Maybe left alone. Uh, all kinds of different ways that people and things can hurt us and cause us to suffer. And then a third kind of suffering we'll call self-inflicted suffering. That means we're suffering as a direct result of a bad choice, of a sin, of lack of obedience to the Lord, we're suffering. And so keeping those things in mind, let's talk about five things about suffering. Innocent suffering or inflicted suffering or self-inflicted suffering. First of all, we all need to understand very clearly, God is not the creator of evil and suffering. God is not, He is not the creator of evil and suffering. This was never his intention. The Bible says that when God created the heavens and the earth, when God created by his word, uh, the heavens, the earth, the universe, man, he created all of these things, it says in Genesis 1.31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. God did not create evil. He did not create pain. 
He did not create suffering. Everything he created was very good. It also says in 1 John 1.5, it says this about God. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And listen, and in him is no darkness, no evil, no sin at all. And then over in the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man or any person. God is not the reason for suffering and pain and disease and broken hearts and death in this world. Sin is the reason. God created a perfect world. He put us in the world. He gave us this perfect place. But one special thing God gave us. That is free will. God gave us the free will to make choices. And one of those choices He wanted us to make is to love Him. He didn't make us robots to love him. They have a laptop down in front of me and they could program that laptop to every single morning make an alarm and then say, I love you, Brad. I love you, Mike. I love you, whomever has a laptop. That wouldn't be love. That would just simply be a programmed statement, but that's not love. And God created us to love and he wanted us to love him in this perfect environment he gave us we should love god and think about this what we know now as he has given christ that he loved the so the, the world so much he gave his son to die for us we should love him with all of our hearts and yet you know it's true that we don't always love him the way we ought to but when man sinned, sin came into the world and brought a curse on the earth and brought a, a, a death into the world. You can read in Genesis 3 that when sin came into the world and death by sin, there's a curse upon this earth. And so there is suffering in this world because of sin. It may not be because your particular sin. But all the bad things in this world, the sickness and the disease and the death and the abuse and all of those bad things that's in our world, it's because sin came in, came in and ruined this perfect creation that God gave us. Number two, what you should understand. Number two, though suffering isn't good, God can use it to accomplish good. Do you get that? Though suffering isn't good in itself, God can use it to accomplish good. The Bible says that we know, in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things will work together for good to them who love God and are the called according to His purpose. In Genesis 50, 20, you know the story of 
Joseph and how his brothers sold him into slavery and bondage. And you know though how God blessed Joseph. Even though throughout his life there was suffering of different things along the way. But God used him and put him in the second highest office in the land of Egypt next to the Pharaoh. And there he ended up saving the lives of his people Israel and, and of his brothers who sold him and abandoned him. And in chapter 50 it says in verse 20 of 50-20 of Genesis... But as for you, you thought evil, you planned evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day, listen, to save much people alive. You have, you have, many of you here today, you have had your greatest testimony in the midst of suffering. When people have seen you sick or suffering, you've had a loss, your greatest testimony has been during that time as you have represented your faith in Christ, your trust in Him, your clinging to His promises. It's easy to be, as Satan told God about Job, yeah, it's easy when things are going well, but what happens when things go bad? One of the things we must trust is God's promise. He'll take this, whatever it is, and make it into something good. And through your testimony, through your faithfulness, you may lead someone to Christ. Or you may make an impression upon them about the faith. And let me just remind you that God took the worst thing, the worst suffering in the history of this universe and turned it into the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of this universe. He took the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the suffering and His death and turned it into redemption and salvation and eternal life and heaven. All of that out of such a horrible time. Number three, our suffering, our suffering, and, and I, I want to be careful here. I want you to understand before I even say this. I want you to understand I'm not minimizing anything at all. But our suffering pales in comparison to what God has in store for us. I want you to believe that. I want you to know that from Scripture I don't want you to get upset and say, well, he, he thinks my suffering is not bad. I know your suffering is bad. There are some people suffer a lifetime. There are some people suffer horrible pain. There are some, some people who miss life because of the things they're going through. But I want you to know that whatever suffering it is, it pales in comparison to what God has in store for you. Listen to Romans 8. 18, Romans 8, 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. There is glory 
to follow what we're going through in this world. Listen, this is not our home. This is not our eternity. And your suffering, your suffering is not compared to what God is going to do for you in glory. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.17, But our light affliction, which is but for a moment to you, at this time, it may seem, it may seem like it's forever. You've been suffering for all of this time. And you say, it's not a moment. But in the scheme of eternity, it's a moment. If it's been a year, or ten years, or fifty years, or your lifetime, in the scheme, in the picture of eternity, it is just a moment. And then you're with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're healed. And you're well. And you're free from pain. And you're free from suffering. Our suffering pales compared to what God has in store for us. Number four. Listen carefully. We can decide whether we will become bitter or better. We can decide whether we will become bitter or better. Listen. You can't help. You can't control if you're sick. Or if you're hurting. If your heart's been broken. Or someone has treated you badly. You can't control that. You can control your attitude. You can control how you handle that. And that makes all the difference in the world. God is working in our lives. And He uses things to make us stronger. He does things to check our faith to see how strong and how real our faith is. You can't help the circumstances in life that people may do to you or that disease may do to you. The circumstances may do to you. But you can control your attitude about those things. Let me read a couple of verses. First of all, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. The things that come into our lives. That the trial, the testing of your faith. Let me read verse 6 just before that. It says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness. You're distressed. You're in heaviness through manifold testings. That the testing of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The testing of your faith is designed to purify our faith and to make us stronger for His glory. And then it says over in, in chapter 4 of 1 Peter, listen to these verses. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to test you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when His glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. 
and of God, and on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. He is glorified by your attitude during suffering. And then in Hebrews, uh, here is a warning in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root, listen carefully, any root of bitterness, bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby, now listen to this, and thereby many be defiled. When we allow this seed of bitterness to become a root of of bitterness it will take over your life it will consume you it doesn't hurt the person who hurt you it hurts you and it consumes your life you become obsessed with this bitterness this thing that made you bitter you have no joy you have no peace you can't rest you can't sleep. You can't, you can't worship because of this bitterness that consumes you. You don't have to let this happen. You can't control circumstances. But you can control your attitude. You can decide whether you will become bitter or better. Let the Lord work in your heart and make you better. Make the decision to trust Him and focus on the Savior, not on the suffering. And then number five, we rejoice in this. The day is coming. The day is coming when suffering will cease. The day is coming. When suffering will cease. In Revelation chapter 14. I heard a voice from heaven saying. Right blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea saith the spirit that they may rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. In Revelation 21.4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For all those things are gone. Amen. 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 The day is coming when suffering will cease. In the meantime, we need to keep trusting Him. We need to, to persevere. He will bring you through the time of suffering. He will make you better and stronger. He will give you opportunities to testify of Christ. He will, he will give you opportunities to suffer like Christ. He will give you opportunities to suffer as a Christian. He will give you grace to endure. And then one day, one day, it will be over and when we see Christ, we won't even think about it anymore. Amen.
As I close, let me give you one thing I want you to remember during this time. And I've said it before, but I want you to remember this. When we suffer, when we suffer, it's so easy to say, why do bad things happen to good people? We ask that all the time. We think that all the time. But let's ask it this way. When suffering comes the next time, when you're trying to figure out why these things happen, ask yourself this question. Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do good things happen to bad people? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm a sinner. I'm a bad person. I rebelled against God. I've disobeyed Him. I've done so many wrong things. And yet, Christ died for me. Why would He do that? God has been faithful and good to me. Why would He do that? God loves me. Why? Why in this world would He love me? It's easy to look at the bad things in our lives. It's easy to get discouraged. It's, it's easy to get down in the dump. It's easy to get frustrated. If we're not careful, it's easy to be bitter. And yet, spend some time thinking about why do good things happen to bad people like me? Why would God love me? Why would God send Jesus? Why would Jesus die on the cross for my sins? You could, you could spend a lot of your time asking those whys, couldn't you? Why do good things happen to bad people? Suffering is a part of life. It's a part of life. But it's not the end of all things. And it doesn't define us. We're children of God. He's preparing us a place. He told us these things would happen. But He promised He had overcome the world. And He's preparing a place. And soon we'll be with Him. And when we get to heaven, we won't be thinking about all of those things that happened in our life. And our years here on earth will pale compared to what He has for us up there. Amen. Amen. Suffering is serious. We don't take it lightly. We pray for one another. But we know it's just something temporary. That's in this world because of a curse. And those things are going to be gone one day. We're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the meantime. Pray for one another. And. While we're suffering. Remember. That's an opportunity that our faith is being tested. That's an opportunity for us to, to magnify Christ in our bodies as He did when He suffered. It's an opportunity to present Jesus to others. If you don't know Christ as Savior, our prayer for you today is that you would turn, give your life to Him. Turn from your sins Leave this old lifestyle and give your heart 
Give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, if we'll believe in our heart that Christ died for our sins and rose again, if we'll confess that with our mouth, we'll be saved. If you're not saved right where you are in your car, or where you are watching or listening to our program, ask God, ask Him, Tell Him, you need to be saved. Ask Him to save you. Ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life. Come into your life, forgive you, and save you of your sins. Thank Him for dying for your sins. Thank Him for rising again. Ask Him to forgive you and save you. God bless you. Father, we thank You for this time in Your Word. And we thank You for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord... Even as we suffer, we know that it's temporary and that you'll reveal glory in us that is much, much greater than our suffering. And that we're going to be with Jesus one day. We're going to be with him. And we won't have any of these things to deal with anymore. Father, thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for Jesus. We pray people now would be accepting Christ. Or We pray people now would be determined to use their suffering as an opportunity to suffer with Christ and to serve Him. And Father, we pray that all of us are dedicating ourselves to the ministry of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.